Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to the SoulCast podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Brittany with love, and I'm here to guide you, make you laugh, and heal you all at once. You ready? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Virality Co., a branding agency catered to the modern day creative entrepreneur. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me yet again for another crazy SoulCast episode. If you don't already know, I am your guide, Brittany with love, and I am so excited that you joined me today. Um, So I am going to jump right in to today's episode because I know some of you are raising your eyebrows like, what in the hell is this girl about to run her mouth and say? <laughs> and I really, this was a, a last minute kind of topic because I had planned all of my topics for season two and then a situation occurred and I decided, you know what, let me keep it real with everybody and really share Brittany, you know, and I I know season one was all about me, you know, just introducing who I was or who I am and really setting the foundation for SoulCast and how honest I am, and what kind of person I am. But this season two, I just wanted to be unapologetically Brittany and be honest about everything that is going on in my life and really making a point to help you guys as best as I can because I got so much amazing feedback from season one. But season two, we coming for some heads. We going to heal some folks and we going to set some folks free. So let's just go ahead and talk about this episode. So... The title of this episode is called, I'm a good person, I just react like Satan. Now, if you've ever had a conversation with me, um, I, I, first of all, I curse like a sailor. um, And I constantly say, you know, what the Satan, instead of saying what the fuck or what the hell, I typically say what the Satan or what the devil or whatever I say Um, and my husband's like, babe, you have to change your words because that just sounds so terrible when you say it. And I'm like, but when you hear the word Satan, you think of the most horrible, fiery red thing or just something so negative and terrible. Like I have to let you know that what I just saw, like what the fuck, like that is so unnecessary and so terrible that I had to express to you with an adjective or a a name or a word, how terrible it is. So I decided to title this episode, I'm a good person. Um, I just act like Satan because um, that's how it feels sometimes. So the premise of this episode is really um, just me being honest about my personal weakness um, that I have been working on for a really, really long time. Um, And when I say a long time, like all my life. Um, And there was a particular situation that occurred that at that moment, I realized, you know what? I'm not going to keep talking about making this change. I'm going to make the change because at this point, it's just, it's becoming out of hand um, because I started to resent myself after the situation had happened. So, uh, yeah, this, this is going to be heavy, um, but there is this thing and I realized that 
a lot of people don't re- I don't think people really understand the difference between reacting and responding, but there is a difference. So I'm a reactor. I'm not someone that can be in a situation and respond. Meaning if someone says, you know what, Brittany, you're a dumbass fat bitch. Oh, first of all, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and be one of those those people and just say, okay, or walk away or not engage. I'm a reactor. So I'm either going to curse you back out, say something really harsh to you or tear you down. That's just that has been who I was. Um, And I say was because hopefully by the time this episode airs, I would have changed my ways. So I'm trying to speak this and manifest this into existence. (laughs) Um, But I'm a reactor. And because of that, um, it has caused me to be painted as the bad guy. And I say that because I have encountered situations with people who are who have victim mentalities. And what that means is they choose to only see the wrong in someone else and they only choose to see what that how that person reacted and and they never take account or take accountability for their actions that led that person to react so to be very transparent and honest um if you guys were uh listening to season one then you would have uh or if you are just now joining us Um, and you have dabbled into season one, Um, there was an episode called Seasons of Marriage. And on that episode, I was talking to my husband um, and just being really open and honest about our marriage. And during that time, uh, or in that episode, I was really talking about um, a lot of things. But one of the, the main things that was very important that I wanted to point out that leads into this episode is that we went through a very abusive time emotionally, um, physically, and verbally in our marriage uh, or in our relationship before we got married. And um, we, once we got married, we were like, listen, we can't do that anymore. We can't be putting our hands on each other. We can't have these explosive arguments because our son is getting older and he's going to start remembering that. And my biggest fear is, Um, being married to someone, uh, and honestly, being married to my husband and our children treating other people how they saw mommy and daddy treat each other. That is my biggest fear. And I feel like so many of us are traumatized by what we have seen our parents do. um, And how we combat that is we either become our parents unconsciously, or we stray so far from it that we pick up other negative habits like resentment. And during this situation that occurred, um, it was something so just blown out of, out of proportion, but it was, it got way blown out of proportion. Um, so my husband, (laughs) he hates when I touch his butt and I don't know why I touch his butt. I mean, I'm gay at heart and you guys know that. And, you know, I just enjoy touching his butt. And I'm not trying to be up in his booty hole like, I'm not into all of that shit. That's some kinky shit. I'm not into that. However, I do like touching his butt and I love every inch of his body. So that's how I kind of show affection. So one night, you know, we were just chilling. We had a margarita and he, I didn't finish my margarita just because it, the brand was disgusting, to be quite honest with you. But my husband is like, listen, I bought it, so I'm going to have to drink it. 
So he drank his margarita. And because he's only 20 pounds, of course, he gets a little bit more inebriated than I do. I took a couple sips and I'm like, yeah, this is gross. I'm done. And um, we finally, you know, retreat to our room and he did something. He bent over or something and I went to touch his butt. But because he moved, my finger swiped his butthole and he got so livid pissed that he got the pillow and full force smacked me. Now, here's the situation. Everybody knows I wear glasses. So he knocked off my glasses and knocked out one of my nose rings. And I was so upset. And if you know me and you've had severe, crazy conversations with me, then you know that I'm quick to say I am undiagnosed bipolar. Like I have so many personalities. And if you stick around me long enough, you'll get to meet each one of them and you'll be able to identify each one. Everybody thinks it's a joke, but it's serious. Like I really do have personalities, y'all. And we all communicate and each one of them chooses when they want to take the light. And that's just what it is. But this particular night, I was really trying to work on my reactions. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let this one ride. And I was like, damn, like you knocked off my glasses and I can't find them. At this point, I didn't know that my nose ring was out because I wasn't, you know, I was trying to find my glasses. I can't see. So I was like, I need my glasses to be able to see what's going on. Like it's pitch black. I need my damn glasses. So I'm trying to find glasses without my glasses and in the dark. So I'm double blind at this point. And I'm like, you know what? Can you just help me find my glasses? You can be upset that I touch your butt, but you'll get over it. Help me find my glasses. So he helps me find my glasses. He finds them. I put them on. And our kids sleep in the room with us in their own beds, obviously, but we're all in one room while we're transitioning, transitioning to our, um, our home, our permanent home. And, um, who during, during that whole time that he's finding my glasses, I am literally having an internal struggle. I am talking to my personalities. Like all of us are sitting at a board table and I'm like, listen, we cannot unleash the beast of anger right now because it is not the time. It is three o'clock in the morning, almost. This is not the time. So you need to just lay down and calm down and address it in the morning when the situation has died down. I know you're upset because your glasses got knocked off and it feels like your nose is broken. You'll be okay. Just lay down. Do not respond. Do not engage. Abort. Surely enough, the personality of anger that I like to keep locked up, that that personality stays locked up most of the time. But this particular night, somehow the cage was let open and no one was guarding it. And I decided to backhand my husband full force. Again, if you know me, I am not a, a fighter. I have never been in a fight a day in my life. Um, and I have no upper arm strength. So if I hit you, it's not going to hurt you per se. Like it, I'm heavy handed, but I literally have to use force. And if I use force, it takes my whole body and I don't have the patience to do that. And I'm a little chubby. So (laughs) trying to do that is a little bit absurd. But anyways, um, I backhanded him and he just flew, his head just flew back. And I was like, oh my God. So if you can picture this, every one of the personalities in my head just stood there with their mouths open. And I'm like, 
what did I just do? Because all of a sudden he gets up and slams the bathroom door and is cursing every cuss word in the book. And I'm like, okay, now we have to do damage control because I don't know what just happened, but he is more than pissed. Obviously, when you smack someone, they're pissed. But like I said, in our past relationship, me and my boyfriend were, me and my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, were kind of violent with each other. Um, And I've slapped him before and, you know, he slammed me up against the wall before. But when I smack him, it was nothing to make him furious. It was like me cat slapping him. Anyways, I go in the bathroom and I'm like, Okay, slamming the door was unnecessary and he had his hand over his mouth. Y'all, when he took his hand off his mouth, his entire face was bloody. Teeth bloody, lips bloody, nose bloody. At that point, I realized that I needed to get my shit together. Literally, the moment he turned to me, his eyes were bloodshot red because he was pissed. And I lost my entire cool and I literally felt instantly convicted because I was like, you know what? That was unnecessary on so many levels. And the situation got so much out of control. He's livid. He gets in the car, drives off. Mind you, he had been drinking. He's a black man and he left his wallet. So he drives off with no ID, really upset. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, we have kids. If something happens to him, if he if he gets arrested, we are going to be in a bigger situation than anything because we are, you know, in in a situation where we need government assistance. And if they come and so secure, I mean, social services is called, we can get our kids taken away. If if you know, this situation turns out that he has a broken nose and they realize that there's violence going like there's so much that's on the line right now. So I'm blowing up his phone and my husband being the person he is, he just turns off his phone because he doesn't want to deal with me. So at this point, I'm freaking out. Six o'clock in the morning finally comes and he's here and his nose is still bleeding. He has a towel and the towel has blood all over it. And I'm literally feeling super guilty and in the middle of on internally while I'm feeling guilty I still have to keep my poker face so I have to keep up this angry facade because I've already unleashed this can of worms and now that I've unleashed a can of worms I have to keep this going so people that try to fake like they're this hard body person and then all of a sudden they get called on their bluff you got to continue the facade now because somebody done called you on your bluff so I had to continue the facade that I was angry and I was this big bad wolf And, you know, it got really, it got really ugly. And I did not intend for that to happen. But because I allowed my anger to cause me to react rather than to respond, then that caused this avalanche of of issues to the point where his, I thought his nose was broken. Like it was horrible. And I realized at that moment, like for for days after that, I cried and I felt so guilty because I'm like, God, I am really trying to be a better person and to rise above these these horrible characteristics that I have about myself. But it's hard because people push my buttons. And then when I react, I'm the bad guy. I'm the one that, that 
has to be labeled as this terrible person because I reacted. But nobody gets in trouble when they're the person that initiates it. And that shit pisses me the fuck off. Like, I don't understand why he gets to be, get the, the angel the angel wings. And I'm sitting there like Satan. Like, nigga, you started this shit. You could have easily just swatted me away or said, don't touch my ass, whatever. But to haul off and do that, it was like, an unnecessary reaction of him but then it was immature of me to combat that with my reaction so I realized that no matter what happens I am the bad guy because of my reaction because I had self-control over me I have no control over anybody else but Brittany and the moment that I stoop down to a level of reacting I am Satan I 100% am and I, I own that because I realized that when I had to play back all of the times that situations have gone left because of my mouth or because of me reacting versus responding, I realized that I was the bad guy because, again, I was con- in control of me. And in that situation, the response could have been, you know what, we'll talk about this in the morning, but you hitting me with that pillow was unacceptable, period. Anything he said after that had nothing to do with me. I didn't have to react. I didn't have to respond. I just could have went to bed, but I didn't. And I regret that situation so much, but I realized that 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 situation had to happen and it had to happen the way that it did for me to realize that enough was enough. And I... And being open and honest about this, not to tell you guys that I'm Satan because I am not, but I am someone who's very open and honest about, you know, my life and my shortcomings because I know that there is a lot of us that struggle. And when you're on social media and you see all of these people posting their victories, you never see what they what they had to go through to get to those victories. And the reason why I have this podcast and the reason why God has created me to be this person that is very open and runs her mouth about any and everything, especially when it's concerning my life, um, the purpose of this is to help someone else. And I, be- I have believed since I was a child that in order for you to help others, you have to help yourself, number one, but be real with people. No one is going to get free if you're sugarcoating shit. So yes, I have to tell you guys, you know, and, and be real about that situation because there are people that are reactors like me or like I was. Remember, we're, we're watching our words. <laughs> but, um, you know, that is a really tough thing. And I see so many people that are reactors. Like both of my parents are yellers still to this day. They are yellers and not just like, go sit your ass down. I'm sick of dealing with you yellers. No, veins popping out in your forehead, the sides of your neck, yellers. And when two yellers have sex, they breed more yellers. So my little brother is loud, which my little, I think it's just my mom, to be honest. I love her, but I think it's my mom because my little brother, we don't share the same father, but he's loud. I'm loud. And I bred two extra loud children. And my daughter is the loudest human being in this house. So I'm realizing that my mom is the the loud gene carrier. And my dad contributed to that with his loudness. But anyways, you know, 
I am I've I was surrounded by yellers and my grandfather was a yeller um and the only person in my life that wasn't a yeller besides my uncle because I don't think I've ever heard my uncle yell is my grandmother and since I was a kid I've always said I want to be like Nana because no matter how upset she is she never goes above a certain octave ever and my mom and my aunt and my uncle will tell you a different story. No, when she was a kid, she used to beat my ass. She was yelling. And, and I'm like, I don't see that. Like, she's literally this. Now she has dementia, so it doesn't even matter. But before the dementia and growing up with her, she was just this fragile, soft-spoken woman. And she was just that. Now, I will tell you that when Nana got upset at you, she would get down on your level and talk so stern to you that you would cry off of the softness of her voice, but the sternness of what she had to say. And when I watched her discipline my cousin and all she did was talk stern to her, she didn't put her hands on her. She did not touch that little girl, but she talked so stern to her after church. I will never forget it. That is literally one of my core memories. And if you are not a parent, you won't understand what I'm talking about because if you you have to see inside out to understand what I'm talking about. But that is one of my core memories um, is watching my grandmother discipline my cousin and all she did was talk stern to her. She didn't yell. She didn't curse. She wasn't mean. She didn't tear her down. She laid down the law and said, this is what you're not going to do. And this is how you behave. And she left it alone. And then, of course, because, you know, black folks, we toxic as hell. and We don't even know it. My grandmother scolded her and then said, now go bring your behind to that table, sit down and eat. And my cousin brought her tail to that table and she sat her ass down and she ate. Because that's what we that's what black folks do. We yell at you from here to Texas and then we feed you. That's how we do, because we have to soften the blow. After your ass is sore and after your, your, your mood is, is killed, we have to butter you back up with some food to make sure that you don't run away or call defects. <laughs> That's how black folks are. If you're white and you're listening, now you know our secret, okay? Don't try that with your kids because whatever. Y'all get away with anything anyways, but moving on. Um, but my goal in life is to be like my Nana. Um, I want to get to a point where my children don't look at me as Satan, And I want them to be able to say, you know what? My mom talked a lot of shit. She was hella loud. But the one thing that she was was nurturing. The one thing that she was was an advocate for talking to people like humans and not screaming to them like they're beneath her. And that me being a mom, first of all, was never in my plan. But now that I am a mom, especially to my daughter who watches my every mood and mimics my every move to the point where my son calls her little Takia, which is my middle name, or sometimes he calls her little Brittany because she acts just like me and it's insane. But anyways, um, having a daughter that looks up to you and studies your every move makes you sit down and get your shit together. And I always tell the story that when I started, when I became a stay-at-home mom, I I made an appointment to pray and beg God to turn my world upside down and fix me because I felt so broken and not broken like a broken heart, like I was missing something, but broken like God made a mistake because of the person that I am. I am a loving 
person. I have a huge heart. I will literally take the, still to this day, I will take the clothes off my back to give to somebody and walk around naked, self-conscious as hell and, and shy as hell. But if somebody said that they needed something, I will do everything in my power to provide because that's just me as a person. However, I have terrible weaknesses and terrible flaws. And one of those flaws as much as I give to people and love people, one of those flaws is my mouth. And my mouth is used for good, like this beautiful podcast. And then it's used for evil sometimes because I, I the other day I was talking to one of my really good friends um, who's damn near my sister at this point. And I was telling her that I am a tourist straight up. In the dictionary, if you look up what a tourist is or the horoscope dictionary, you see a tourist, you see a bull, and then you see me with my horns, period. I even have a bull ring in my nose to prove it. I am a tourist straight up. And I mean that in the most sincere and loving way possible, but <laughs> I'm a tourist. And if you cross me and you unleash the bull out of me, it is very hard to contain that bull. If you've ever seen them little them little bullfighters when the little Mexicans are sitting on a damn bull or or have the little red thing and, and they're saying hola or, or andale or what. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm, I don't know what they say, but whatever they say, you know, with the little red thing and the bull comes, that's me. And once you try to contain, it's really hard to contain those bulls once they're out because they have been poked and harassed and bothered and made uncomfortable in a small space so when they get out they are charging so that the person with the red flag can get an, a reaction out of them and please the audience and that's how I feel sometimes like people poke at me and and do things and then when the bull comes out then everyone is cheering for the other person that's holding you know the the victim flag and I'm like but you didn't see everything that they were doing behind that wall. And now because I'm out here, I'm looked at as the bull. I'm looked at as the bad person. And that's not fair. And my thing about me is my mouth will tear you to shreds. And I don't have to curse at you. I don't have to put my hands on you, but I will, my mouth can and I'm trying to never be that person again but my mouth can reduce you down to a pea a mustard seed that as small as your faith needs to be in order to move God I can reduce you down to a mustard seed and if you don't know what a mustard seed looks like google it and google what size is a mustard seed and that's how small I can make you feel without cursing at you and without putting my hands on you and that for me is not something that I'm proud of and because of that I have really made an effort and am making an effort to continue to to groom my mouth. Now, I don't care about cursing. I, I will always curse. And I'm not cursing at you, but cursing is my adjective sometimes. Sometimes I just use cuss words as adjectives or space fillers. And that's just me. You know, that's just who I am. But I really try to use my mouth for positive use and to edify other people but when I feel like someone is trying to take me outside of that comfort zone, yes, my mouth becomes a weapon, a lethal weapon. And I am, again, not proud of that. But at the same time, that has had to become my defense mechanism because of how nice I am as a person, um, so much so that people think that I'm a pushover. I'm not, 
And and what people don't understand is I'm not dumb. I know when I'm being used. I know when people are trying to get over on me. I know people's intentions. I don't care how much people try to say, oh, I didn't intend to make you upset, bitch. Yes, the fuck you did. You knew what you were doing when you did it. And you thought that I wasn't going to call you out. You thought I wasn't onto your shit. Just because I don't speak on it doesn't mean I don't see what you're doing. I peep it. I just choose sometimes when to respond versus react or when to just leave the situation alone. And I am now learning at 28 almost to, well, by the time you guys hear this, I will be 28. Um, But I am learning how to be a responder like my grandmother, because being a reactor is a really tough job because I am someone that can, like I said, reduce you down to a mustard seed. And after I'm done, I'm like, you want to go out to get something to eat? Like you good. Cause I said what I had to say. And if you don't say what you have to say in this moment, then the conversation is over. It's thrown. It's been thrown in the sea of forgetfulness with everything else that we repent to God for. And I'm over it. Like out of sight, out of mind. I said what I had to say. I laid it on the table and I'm getting up from this table and not everybody's like me. And I, I had lunch with my mother-in-law a while ago. And I told her that I said, you know, the difference between me and most people is when once I'm done with a situation, I'm done and I can argue with you and, you know, go toe to toe with you and then be fine after and and not three days later, but three minutes later. That doesn't probably makes me bipolar, (laughs) but I, I don't feel the need to harp on negativity anymore because once what's done is done, it is done. And there's no need for us to keep going back and forth, holding grudges. If you don't get it out at that moment, then my brain forgets it because I have so much going on with all of my businesses, keeping up with my kids, keeping up with my husband that and, and everyone else. I don't have time to focus on negativity. So if you don't say what you have to say to me at that moment, then it doesn't matter to me anymore. And And what my mother-in-law said to me, was Brittany, everybody's not like you. And as as refreshing and complimentary as that is, everybody isn't like me. And my mom is the same way. Like my mom will guns blazing with you and then be done and, and be kicking and laughing with you. And, and that that's all that I know. And that's just how I am based on how my mom was. And, you know, It may be unhealthy because you don't allow people time to grieve and be upset and process the situation. But I'm a person, like I said, I don't feel the need to harp on negativity. But when you have a mouth like I had, see that word change, (laughs) had, um, and you can reduce someone down to a mustard seed, it takes somebody a minute to bounce back from that. And I get it. And this is why I think that it's so important that we as women, as men, especially black men and black women, watch our mouths. Um, it, it, it's, it's crucial that we watch our mouths and become responders and not reactors because that can be the difference between us being dead or alive. If you react to a cop in this day and age as a black human being, more chances than not, you're either going to get arrested and end up dead or you're going to get you're going to die on site. Like, that's just it. And I feel like if we get to a place where we can respond 
the world would look at the black race so differently. They have to. When we're not giving you anything to to have on us, when nobody can have ammo on you, then what you got? You can't say shit about me. You can't say I'm ugly because ain't no black person ugly unless they insides is ugly. Then that's it. But black folks is we popping. All of us is fine as hell. Our melanin is fine as hell. And that's just that. Like, you know, you can't say we stupid because there are more black entrepreneurs in this day and age and have been for forever. Y'all needed us back in the day for our titty milk when you didn't want to sit there and, and have your little white ass baby sucking on your titties. You you gave them to the black slaves. We cleaned your clothes. We made your food. We picked your cotton. We're the shit. You want everything to do with us. So you put us in positions to reduce us down to a mustard seed and pick at us and call us gorilla and make fun of our body shapes and our skin colors and our culture and all of this. But when we don't give you a reason to come for us because we've combated that negative persona with positive feedback and and positive vibes, then now what? And I think the main issue with Black folks, especially me, is the reaction piece. We got to stop reacting, guys. Like, We have to. And I'm not saying it's just black folks because I know some white folks that, you know, react. But if they react to the right black person, they get their mouth popped, period. Period. Poo. (laughs) But anyways, you know, everybody's guilty of it. But I think because black folks, we just born with that extra attitude added to our DNA. It comes across as we are the angry black woman or the angry black man. And I want to change that narrative because I am sick and fucking tired of people labeling black people as the villains. We are not villains. We just have attitude. And that's just that. And I think that if we use our attitudes in a positive way, then we won't give no race, whether it's our own fellow black community or white people, Hispanics, anybody. We will not give anybody a reason to come for us. And it starts with you and your mouth. I'm not saying in every situation you can't turn up because there are some situations where people have to be reduced to a mustard seed to know not to fuck with you no more. I get that. And I'd rather your mouth be a lethal weapon than your gun or your hands straight up. I, I am never an advocate for violence. I'm never an advocate for guns. I'm never an advocate for fighting. But if you can talk it out and the talk escalates, I'd rather y'all talk it out and separate and come back in a calmer place than to start talking and get heated and people's lives are taken. I'm never an advocate for that. So I I just think that we need to change that narrative and we really need to be better as a people and respond and not react because those reactions cannot be taken back. Those reactions are labeled. Those reactions are stereotyped. And it is not worth it to decrease our our character. It's not worth it to put the Black race, the Black culture, everything that we've built, every excellence, every Oprah excellence, every Beyonce excellence, every Kobe Bryant excellence. It's not worth sacrificing the excellence that we are creating in the Black community for a reaction. It's not worth it. And I, as terrible as my mouth can be sometimes, or or was, I want to be the person to help and heal 
us reacting community, us as the reacting community. And I just really, I really want us to do better. And it starts with me, you know, me being honest about my my issues and hopefully healing somebody else that's listening. Or if you guys want to be sweet and share it with somebody that you know is a reactor, do it. We need to get better. And each one teach one. And I'm I'm the one to teach you that my mouth has torn some people apart. It has severed some relationships and I regret it. And I never, I would never wish that on anyone, but I just want you guys to be your best, most authentic, unapologetic, dope ass selves. And sometimes you have to do your mirror work and really sit in the mirror, not just look at your body, but look at yourself and be like, yo, you got issues and you got to get your shit together because you can't be great with the issues that you have. And I'm not telling you to be perfect, but I'm telling you to, to get your shit together. And I'm getting my shit together. And and that's just what we got to do. We got to hold each other accountable. So, yeah, that's my lecture slash episode for (laughs) for today. Um, I told you I was going to be heavy. But this season, season two of SoulCast, we're requiring each other to do some work. We're holding each other accountable. We are not in a day and age as a black community to watch any more of us get killed by white cops any of us get oppressed by white presidents or oppressed at our jobs. We are past that now. We are in a day and age where our black community is rising. There are black creatives being birthed left and right. There are black entrepreneurs and moguls being birthed left and right. We are raising amazing, strong king and queens. And it is time for us to take a seat at the table and remove people that have anything to say that's negative about our community. And it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with our mouths. It starts with our attitude. It starts with our mindset. And we have to do better, period. We can't keep talking about how white folks don't treat us good when we don't even treat our own community good and we don't treat ourselves good. We got to do better, guys. And it starts with your responses and your reactions. So fix it. Fix that shit. (laughs) But yeah, I hope you guys, I hope I didn't hurt y'all's feelings too much. Um, and I pray that you have a beautiful day and yeah, I will hopefully catch you next time if I didn't ruffle your feathers too much. And I love you guys. I just want us to be the best that we can be for us, for our children, for our community, for everything. I just want us to be the best and I, I just want us to be the best period. So yeah, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. And if you love this episode, go ahead and share it. Drop them five stars and just rock the day. Rock your week. Share a hug with somebody. Share some wisdom with somebody and just be dope. Love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, Soul Fam. I hope you were entertained, got a good laugh, and started your healing process. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share SoulCast with your mom and them. And if you're feeling generous, go ahead and drop five stars and some feedback for me, love. Catch you next time. Peace.